And we're back. And the Emmy goes to... Me. Me for watching and all these me. TV shows. Yes. It goes to the three of us. It goes to Ashton Podcast. Yay! Uh, a show that has no sponsors. You know, they add... Oh, that's mine. That's me. Uh, there's a... There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of awards that are being given. I think it's our time for us to give us the uh, shit that we have to watch award. So I want that announced this year. You can do it the People's Choice. I guess that is the People's Choice, but I think well, we yeah, need yeah. to get an award. <laughs> I want one sent to my house. I'll pay forty bucks for it. It's the People's Choice, but we don't get the award. Exactly. I'm just saying. <laughs> Why are you giving it to this motherfucker? I want my award. I'm an, I'm a professional TV watcher. If that, you know, half of the people who stand on the red carpet have these, like, stupid titles. And we were watching, like, probably the Emmys. And someone goes, you know, professional Jeez, TV a, a watcher. Professional television and like, something. And I like, want this what? bitch's uh, job. I do this bitch job all the time. Nobody paying me. I think I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm watching TV wrong. It makes oh, so much sense. Shit. Uh, but you know, we, what we do is we do this podcast for people who are like, there's so much shit out there. What should I watch? And we try to be honest about what we're in love with. We try not to talk about the stuff that we fucking hate, but we're human beings. It crops up. We say stuff. We might even hate a show that you love. And we apologize in advance for doing that. Love what you love. I'm going to tell a quick story before we do the podcast. My husband, I'm riding around with him yesterday. I'm trying to get out of the house. I've been in the house. I've been in this house for a month trying to recover from a high ankle sprain. So we finally get out of the house. We go to, by the way, the most bomb Indian restaurant um, in Los Angeles, on the west side at least, and it's in a gas station because that's how we roll. It's the Bombay Frankie Company. Please sponsor us. Oh, you I, guys have to check it out. It's on I had Santa a Monica vegan Boulevard. Man yeah, it's, it's Santa Monica and right at the freeway there, right? Yeah, right. It's just west of the 405. Yeah. It's the bomb. No parking. You know, you have to, all the Uber drivers are taking up the parking space. But anyway, we're driving around, and Ian has a new uh, mix. He has always has a tape mix in the car because uh, he's old school like that. And, like, he makes mixtapes for himself. It's not, it's not But you do. I love mix. it. But it is, it is isn't it? It's, it's a MP3. mix. Well, of it's course. a mix, yeah. But for me, it's like it's, I love it. And you do it's it to keep yourself school. awake and to entertain yourself. <laughs> Don't ruin my story. <laughs> Don't shatter it with reality. You're telling everyone my dirt. I'm just saying, I think it's a lovely thing about you that you put together a mix. And if you know, I know you, you're definitely a West Sider. You're definitely a kid from Venice with your weed and your skateboard. You're that guy. You're a Wu-Tang guy. You're a you know, East Coast, West Coast hip-hop guy. But your mixtapes for your car, I call them Wendy the Wine Mom <laughs> mixes. Because you will hear, I mean, he'll be bumping Enya. He'll be bumping all kinds of stuff. I pulled that out of the rotation. That. Here's the thing about Ian, though. He's not a hipster. He doesn't do anything, you know, unironically. He doesn't do anything ironically. He didn't even know what irony and sarcasm were when I met him 10 years ago. He just loves what he loves. So he's bumping Puddle of Mud yesterday. That's in the mix. And I was just like, I just looked over at him, and it's like, duh, 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 whatever it was. That's Nickelback, I'm sorry. See, I don't have that. I don't have... But it's sweet. So I'm like not totally. No, it's just lovely. The you know that image. You like what you like. What was the other song that you were listening to? That was uh, you were listening to Mumford Mumford and Sons. I, I completely uh, did in a performance art of a woman rapidly uh, listening to Mumford and Sons while she's throwing clay, like one would. (laughs) When they're listening to Mumford and Sons, I figured everybody does that dance. They just pump one leg and they just work that clay. 
Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> as much as I gave you shit for the car, I still find this is one of the things. I just, I just love you. I love you for so many fucking reasons. You're not going to hear my mix anymore. One of those is that you just listen to these songs and you just fucking love them. You don't care. Yeah, well, Dave Grohl would love you. You could hang with Dave Grohl. He's a, he's the one who was like who really hammered that home for me. He's like, love what you love. Fuck everybody I'm gonna else. I'm going to listen to what I want to listen to. That's right. I'm just and saying. Fuck y'all. <laughs> okay. Um. I mean, I'm just saying. If I didn't know you and I got in your car and I was waiting for you to like, you know, like you left the car idling and we're gonna go on a date, I think that you come out in khakis and your name would be Chad and you were a Baptist. Okay, along with the Emmys. There. <laughs> a lot of stuff there. We'll stay married forever. I know you guys are rooting for us to to break up. It's not gonna it's not gonna end. Forever and ever. Who's rooting for y'all to break up? I Mickey? don't know. I don't know. We're our celebrity uh hater fans. I don't know. Nobody knows who the fuck we are. We're just a couple of boobs and their neighbors. I oh know. yeah. We're the boobs and you're the neighbor. So <laughs> We've got to rebrand this entire thing. I'm gonna remake the logo. We're renaming it tonight. I'm relaunching the <laughs> Oh my God, we're becoming the same person. And on that note, happy anniversary to us. We have Andre as of a year. We adopted him a year ago. We went to the podcast shelter. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) There he was, (laughs) staring it up from from his piano, going, please take me in. I also play viola. He's adopted. (laughs) I don't know why this skittered into this landing. Oh my God. Anyway, he's been with us a the year. You reached out to. Shelter. I made like some random comment about if you want to come on the show and talk with us. It was do. your Queer Eye season two episode. Yeah. I remember specifically. And yeah. How long was it before I either answered your? How long did I take a long time? It was to the answer? same. No, it was the same day. Ugh. It was the same day. I uh, I replied. Like that, so. I added you guys on Twitter, and I think that night I got a DM from you, and then we emailed back a couple of times. And then we set up like a phone call and we talked on the phone for like two hours and it went from there. Oh, wow. The fact that you didn't run screaming after talking to me for two hours is just. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm polite like that. I do answer stuff. I try to answer stuff as quickly as possible. And it's funny. You were probably one of our third Twitter followers. We only still have 38. I'm proud of it. now. I've been I had been listening to you guys for a couple of months. I think the first episode I listened to you guys was the Black Panther episode. It's so crazy to me that that was your first one. That feels like we did yeah. that one with you. <laughs> like, I feel like I've been listening to Marvel, watching Marvel forever because of you. And I really didn't become a Marvel fan until after I think I watched Black Panther. Was that what happened? Because I met you and then we watched, I watched Marvel stuff backwards. Ian had always watched yeah. it. I was just not yeah. aware of it in, like, actually well, making I, any sense. I loved in my it life. because it was a take from someone who wasn't into superhero movies. Yeah. That's what I loved about it. And I that's why I, I think Lindsay was also in the car as well. We were driving home from Morgantown to here. Um, and we just uh, just picked a podcast and, oh, we just saw Black Panther. Let's hear people talk about it. So, And you were like, who is this crazy bitch? <laughs> no, I remember us laughing a lot. It that's was fun. fun. That's good. A lot of people don't laugh when they listen to the podcast. I'm so sorry, but I'm not living my life for you. Uh, okay, so Emmys. Emmys are out. I didn't even know yeah. they were coming. It was awesome to see a lot of this stuff on here. I mean, normally I watch, again, I always, I try to say the thing like, I, um, awards don't matter to me. And then I sit here and, and tell you everything that I know about the award shows and like what was happening on them. So I'm a lying bitch. Um, I was 
very pleasantly surprised. Me too. There's a, there was a lot of variety and diversity, which I quite loved. A lot of our shows that we keep up with a lot. And I felt seen. Well. Didn't you feel seen? I yeah, felt like yeah. we have good taste. <laughs> I have, you know, yeah. that's the thing. It's like I'm, I'm scrolling through these these categories. and I'm like, in every single one of these, like whatever the top level ones, it's yeah. like, this is tough. We're not going to steer you wrong either. I'm like, fuck. All of these shows are good. Now, I haven't, I have to, the only shows I haven't seen are Succession and um, probably, I haven't seen King Lear yet. See, that's one. So, we, out of all of these, we've seen everything, we, everything on here. We were talking about that the other day, the Succession. I was like, I was telling Lisa, I was like, I'm hearing people like all over the place talk yeah. about that. I'll but probably, it's like something. It you know, we were. Just I saw like, Billions. I love. I love the people who were in Billions, and I tried to watch it, and I just I can't. Well, Billions is what the the one with the Rock, right? No, 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 no. That's Ballers. Billions oh, that's ballers, is also shit. on Showtime. Is ballers on? No, Ballers is on HBO. Show Show Chancho. Love all these guys. Let me Captain Winter. Captain Winter's in anything. I'm gonna show up for it. You know. Yeah. I tried to watch him in Homeland with his tiny mouth. Anyway, so I couldn't get through Succession or Billions. <laughs> They kind of, I don't know. I just like. I'm getting some of those. I watch up. Big Little Lies. I feel like I'm paying my tithe to the white people of the world by watching that one. I feel like I get, you know, $500 off my taxes just by watching Big Little Lies because I relate to none <laughs> of these women. Except for maybe like the rape part. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I don't know. This is, uh, I don't know what Monterey looks like. This is a tour of the coffee shops and yoga places and hot stone things. Yeah. Um, I saw that one episode with you. I was like, yeah, I probably wouldn't. I, it's not my thing. I know all the mansion locations because they use the same ones for HBO shows. I know all those guys who run their sh- uh, locations too. I'm like, oh, they're getting the Grace and Frankie mansion in this one. So I don't know, but I, th- I love this list. I was looking at it, and again, I was like, there's so much love because I do watch, we've watched Chernobyl, the, the limited series, Chernobyl, Escape of De- Denimora, Fosse Verdon, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. I haven't seen that one yet. Wonderful shit. Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell. I mean, these are performances that you're like, what the hell? It also just kind of makes you look back at that time and go, God, men are misogynist dickholes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, sharp objects, twisty, weird, hard to watch. Glad I watched it. Can't watch it a second time. But Amy Adams, <laughs> she's gold. When They See Us still rips my guts out. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of white folks got in trouble after that, too. Like the prosecutor chick, she lost her book deal. Oh, yeah. They drug her out in the street. They shaving her head on Twitter. Because she came out and it's like, none of this is accurate at all. She was on her phone in the park at the barbecue and people came for her book deal. (laughs) I was like, bitch, I don't know what time you think you're living in, but I would have kept my mouth shut. Maybe she doesn't leave the grounds of her mansion often, but... Just just hope this thing blows over. Ask your Filipino maid what time it is before you say shit. Like, somebody in your household is on Twitter. They're going to tell you, like, don't. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Television movie. I was shocked to see Bandersnatch here and delighted. Um, Oh, Black Black Mirror Mirror Bandersnatch? Mm -hmm. Loved it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was just Deadwood the movie. Oh, my God. It won't win, but I just love that it's there. <laughs> and I loved my dinner with Hervé. Peter Dinklage, man. He doesn't just do Tyrion and the station agent. He's just a good actor. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, is that one, that, that one was nominated? Oh, my God. That it was, was so good. good. Yeah. I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen King Lear, and I haven't seen Brexit. I had to, I'm just noticing Brexit here. Um, can, I read off, can I read off some highlights of the list? And we yes. Really let's do it. That's what I thought I was doing, Andre. You're fired now. (laughs) We're unadopting you. Don't interrupt me. I'm just kidding. 
Our anniversary episode is also our breakup episode. Dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> Boobs and their names. And that was our entrance term, music is the same exit music. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how Andre's trip ended. I'm just doing a little love wagon um, on you. Just some stuff that that popped out at me. Guest actress in a uh, drama series, Jessica Lang, American Horror Story Apocalypse. She's mm. probably going to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah Gatsby's Nanette was nominated yes. as the yes. pre-recorded variety special. Woo. Love that. Queer Eye was very obviously nominated for its structured reality program. Um, and a couple of our favorites, Barry Fleabag, Schitt's Creek, also got nominated for a comedy oh, series Yeah, as well. Schitt's Creek is Yay! on there. Schitt's Creek is on there. That's as, awesome. Uh, as well as Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara as lead actor and actresses in a comedy series. Of course. It's what they deserve. It's what they deserve. Um, so and I won't be mad about Dan being left out. I can't be mad about Dan being left out because, you know, but still, David's an amazing character and this is the last time they're going to get nominated. So, but Dan's I'm, getting I'm ho- celebrated. Yeah. 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 It's going to be great. For those two, um, those two veterans, though, of comedy that have been watching them forever from Second City, from, from the, the old days of like people would give me tapes recorded tapes back in my time uh, of these two from their Canada comedy days. And I swear to God, nobody deserves it better than these two human beings. They're just good people. Catherine O'Hara. I believe it. Was hired to be on SNL and literally was cast for 48 hours when she encountered the crazed cocaine addled head writer of the time. Not Buck Henry, but the other guy. And she like bounced the next day. That's how Canadian she was. She goes, I know it's a big opportunity. I know it's a big show. That guy's crazy. I'm Canadian. I'm out. And she was gone. She was like, I can't. Wow. No. Wow. Like, and never regretted it. Never like went, oh my God. She's just like, no, I'm, I'll find a way. I don't need to be around that. But was also not judgy about it at the same time. Anyway, that story's gone on too long. Continue. Congratulations. Um, oh, I mean, everything else is pretty much Game of Thrones. Do you want to talk about that? Or is there other shows you want to talk about? Can we about? talk about Game of Thrones for a second? Okay, look. Look. I love the show. I am a... Do we have a term for people who loved the Game of Thrones ending? That's just called um, a Stark. <laughs> Only a Stark <laughs> would love that ending. It was great. It was the happiest ending they could possibly have. Mm. Um, I made the Stark sound like Sling Blade. So, I'm one of those people who had no problem. I don't think any of us had a problem with the ending. We actually thought, nope. word, this is awesome. But, 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 okay... Some of these completely well deserved, but can we talk about? He's in rehab. I feel like I'm kicking him when he's down. Is he out now? I don't know. Kit Harrington. Yeah, I mean, what? for <laughs> for outstanding lead actor in a drama series, it could. I, I mean, mean, like, I, I don't know about. Th- I don't know about that. I mean, the whole season was basically just like, she's my queen. That's the like whole that eight exactly. years. He's been. It was like nobody loves yeah. me. Who's my mom? And then I'm going to the wall. I mean, like, if I'm thinking love about you, his best. If I'm thinking about his best moments of this season, it was when it was the final episode when he did the thing. He's a great character. And Kit did a hell of a job. And he will always be Jon Snow to me in the books forever and ever and always. And I love yes. his little tiny, fluffy, beautiful, fragile English ass. I love him so <laughs> much. And he deserves all the things. And him and Rose Leslie are amazing and deserve to live in their Shire house. And But no. Yeah. <laughs> No, he does not deserve an Emmy for this. Guys are just being sentimental bitches. I'm not in the academy, well, I mean, but I, I would have talked somebody out of that. I almost feel the same way about even the you know supporting actress. Some of them, I and mean, it's like, does Maisie really? And then Sophie. I mean, they they 
they did some pretty cool things. Yeah. But like compared to what Julia Garner did in Ozarks. Yeah. I mean, come on now. I don't know. I have to say it. Those I'm a little out on. I can see those being. I think if anybody on that list, it would be uh, Lena Headey or Julia Garner. Well, those performances oh, were just Personally, outstanding. Lena needs it. Lena, that's what Lena deserves. She's been in this business a long time. She's she's knows a thing or two about the streets. She's had her up. She's had her down. Nobody better than this person. Just a really f- well formed human being. After yeah. all the knocks they've had. I think she's one of these people that you give this to. Julia was amazing. No shame. No shame on Maisie or um, or Sophie. I still think they turned in fine performances. Yeah. Or Gwendolyn. And, but great, just, and Gwendolyn. Yeah. Oh, Gwendolyn. Brianna Tart. All of yeah. those performances were rock solid, like kits. But the show tends to loom over those characters, and it, there's not a whole lot of leeway for people to get their act I on. F- yeah, I feel like their best moments weren't exactly in this season right. they had great arcs but the moments that i think about when i think about their best work on the show was not this season i mean gwendolyn christie you know she broke my heart when jamie left her oh my god But when i think when i think about standout moments from the season it was that moment and you know julia uh, julia garner kills you in ozark like she just she shows up for work and anything she's in she was in four things yeah. at the same time well i think I, I, and, and like yeah. i know they all aired they shot at different times but i kept seeing a lot of julia garner going she's like rami malik to me it's like she doesn't I, I'm, I know it's her, but she's just a stuff she steps into the skin of. And I know that Maisie and, and Sophie have had these roles for a long time, and that's we know them as those characters. And I know they have chops from this, but it's like the kit thing. Yeah. This is all I can see you as. I don't know if we're – I don't know if the Emmy is yours for this. I don't know. That sounds – Crazy now that I say it out loud. Well, do, uh, another thing I just think I'm not going to hate any one of those people no, winning an Emmy, by the it, way. No, exactly. If it's Gwen, no, yeah, if yeah. it's Sophie, if it's Maisie, if it's Julia, if it's Lena, I'm not going to be like bitter tears. In the past, I've looked at this list and I'm just like, well, I'm not watching the Emmys because they've just nominated nonsense. I think I think what 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 stands out with, with Lena from the other Game of Thrones um, characters is that because that, that show was so character driven, there were so many different people i mean just the performance that lena did with cersei it's just that character it feels like the story just well here's hinges on that one character just like in just what like what julia gardner did with ozarks she's such a huge force within that and it's a smaller cast yeah and she's got that to her on her side but just the how they affect the story this spins this and the and and the job that they did doing that because she had very little bit of time on screen, but right. But Cersei was just like this, you know. She's like the Death Star, just coming towards you. She was the Death Star, literally. You know? So here's the thing that I'm I'm gonna flow into this thing that we're about to talk about. I'm not, I'm not done with the Emmys. I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not shutting the door. <laughs> uh, but just here's a person who stood on a parapet and drank wine uh, for the majority of their time as the character. Um, and a lot of people are like, why are you rewarding that? It's because she had to stand on the parapet. Uh, every time she got a script and she sips wine <laughs> and looks out at her city, she probably <laughs> went, what the fuck am I going to be able to do with this? It's a show that's so technically intense and complicated and expensive with all these moving parts that it boxes in a lot of the actors a lot of times. This is what we get about Marvel movies is that you only have so much leeway, so much amount of time on a green screen with a ping pong ball on your head. In this case, we don't have that, but like you're still limited and boxed in 
by the mm-hmm, monstrosity sure. of the show for you to be able to eke out any kind of humanity, which I think which is what Amelia Clark does. I think it's what um, – and she's not nominated, Amelia, right? No, she is. Lead actress oh, she is. for lead. Okay, yeah. so lead actress. But, like, you know, you're having to be on the back of a buck and emote – and it's, you know, you're in 20 different locations. And so for these actors to be able to do this uh, at all. Amelia makes a lot more sense to me. And, and it, But it's incredible, though. I'm just saying, like, it's incredible the the shit they have to do this in. And then to be able to emote a character. Yeah, exactly. So yes. there's, yeah. there's so much going on. And that's why I feel like Marvel actors should be nominated as well. Uh, and as time goes by, I think you should see the Academy get younger. That'll happen. Because there is real acting going on in these spaces, real character building. They don't have to be like some sort of like, you know, tortured character from the 50s that we're now investigating. They can be in a a whole other created cinematic universe and still be acting their asses off. So that's why I don't struggle with Maisie or Sophie or Brienne because I feel like it's a gateway. It's opening Mm -hmm. a door. If you're going to say that these characters in this highly technical fantastical series are doing Emmy uh, award-winning worthy acting, then you got to be able to do that when you have a fantasy based something on television that's superhero based. It's just, like you said, it's just a matter of time before that happens. Yeah. You know, it really is. I just, because I see this, there's this, it's a small article. I'm not going to make a big deal about it, but people are like, Oh, finally, Robert Downey Jr. is returning to real acting after 10 years of playing Tony Stark. And I'm like, bitch, I don't know what time it is in your house. But he acted in all of those movies. And he did take projects in between. He didn't just... But he also watched his family grow and and rebuilt his life as a person out of prison and a person who had addiction and had to deal with, you know, his own personal struggles. I don't want to get into the man's personal life, but he has, you know, with his own child and things like that. So it's like, how fucking dare people think that Robert Downey Jr. hasn't been acting this entire time? Well, they're not, they're not the seeing other. the movies. That's the problem. They're, they're not. just not seeing the movies. Because like me, I had, had the same opinion. Oh, I wish, well, Robert Downey Jr. would go back out and do a, an acting gig soon. I used to think that a long time ago. No, maybe half, five years ago. I was probably like, eh, fuck, really? God seems like a really talented actor. Why is he in that? So I've had to like be born again into the MCU and go, <laughs> this is acting. This is acting. You know, Winter Soldier, you know, th- those people are acting their asses off. You just pick up any one of those and there's performances going on. You yeah. don't get Mark Ruffalo to stay. You don't get Robert Downey Jr. to stay or Hiddleston or any of these people, Hemsworth, you don't get them to stay in something. Well, okay, Hemsworth is a little bit of an on an edge because he's a beautiful, beautiful man. But you don't get these guys to stay unless you have real content there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So same thing with Game of Thrones. So I was, I was happy to see it. I was kind of head scratchy a little bit, and I did do the thing with Kit, but I'm like, if we're, gonna give, if we're giving Kit love, you know, the next yeah. big fantasy series that comes along that's superheroes, let's give them some love. That's that's definitely, I agree with that. Is that too preachy? I don't no, want to be no, too preachy. No, no, no. I think that's a, that's a that's a that's a good assessment. It's of, a good point of the yeah. landscape. Yeah. If we're gonna do this in the Emmys, let's do this in the Oscars. Yeah. Is what I'm saying, very simply. If and do we merch, do we feel the same way about you know Alfie Allen, Nicolaj? <clears throat> okay, now I'm now I, I say all that to say, Duthi Ron, 
need an Emmy. Well, see, I mean, this is the thing. I, I it was incredible. It arc. was. It was an incredible. And we arc. saw it more on his face than anybody else's. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's what this, you know, this field is. Maybe they're they're giving them the, you know, the applause for the amazing work they did. Right. I just it just sucks. I just know that if we that, start that something else that could have been there yeah. that you know it just but that's awards right. <clears throat> it, this could backfire though if you start nominating Alfie Allen, you could end up with Bradley Cooper's Rocket, and we know how insufferable that bitch is when he's nominated for you know awards <laughs> and stuff. So I don't know. It's a slippery slope. I but I did go Alfie Allen. Yeah, I know we love him. We love Theon. I think we love these characters, and I think people are voting with their hearts. Yeah. But I think, and that's I, fine. It's a subjective medium. I think the actual winners of a lot of these categories. I think it's going to boil down to the, you know, just the technical. How much work? Not how much work, but yeah, you know, screen time plus all of this. And how I think I think it's. I don't think Alfie. And what I'm saying is, I don't think he's going to get it. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, so this is this is my the, question. But I think while Game of Thrones was on the air, I feel like. It maybe in some circles, when you think about the Emmys, it's like Meryl Streep showing up at the Oscars. Like Game of Thrones always cleaned up. Yeah. So it, do, you, do you feel that these nominations are very much an emotional goodbye to the yeah. show? Because yeah. I mean, in the, the, yeah. last, the last episode for The Iron Throne, the directing and the writing also got a nomination. And that feels very emotional to me. Most things are emotional and political. People just try to spin it as though they're not. People just try to pretend like they're robots and they don't have feelings. Robin Wright in House of Cards is nothing but a p- purely we're going to reward you for putting up with the bullshit award. Because I watched that last mm. season, and it, and it was too long at the fair, and she was, she's Robin White, right, I love her. She can do no wrong. But I didn't want to watch it. I was painful. I mean, it's like, okay, but I know why you're doing it. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't think that these are not all subjective mediums and, and awards, I don't know. Well, but do you think that's the same thing for uh, for <laughs> any, Nobel Peace Prize or any of the Veep nominations? Because it's the last. And yeah, I mean. But see, that's a you know that's did a Julia really get good it? Show, she did. Though. Yeah, of yeah. course, and it was amazing. And again, the, if you stuck around, if you stuck around for the Herald, it wasn't just one of those grand old things that we're talking about that you give it an award because it's the old attaboy. You hung in there. We get you. We understand you. You're our warrior. This was, you know, Veep was... It was still breaking ground in its last If you sit down and you watch season. it from start to finish, you will be howling yeah. right up into the last... And you'll want it... Before, if you watch it because they're short episodes, you're there before you know it going, oh my God. If you stick around for the joke, for the long payoff of the joke, you lose your mind laughing. It's like, I still think about it every day. I'm like, oh my God, Veep. And they did it the same night of Game of Thrones. <laughs> The showrunner's like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but it's the last night of Game of Thrones ever. Yeah, I know, but it's the last night of Game of Thrones ever. Yeah, fuck that. I don't, we don't care. They'll watch it eventually and get the joke. And that was like me. Two weeks later, I was like, what? <laughs> and Beep was over there going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just farted in the elevator and was waiting for you to catch on. Like, <laughs> you're like, what? This is. This this is my thing. I'm glad that that Game of Thrones has gotten the recognition it deserved. What I'm not looking forward to is the reignited vitriol that is is going to come back, especially with the directing and writing credits for David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Right. I feel like it's going to be Bohemian Rhapsody all over again. You thought we were done with the bullshit until the Oscar nominations come out, and then we were back on the subject of the movie 
and you just want to be done with it and you want it to get the awards and then just people move on. So I'm not terribly excited about that. Um, it also did get just nominated for like general drama series as well. So there is I don't that know. There, there is going to be a yeah, there's going to be a, a a big debate between does it actually deserve it or is it just an emotional thing, which I think I don't think it's a bad thing. If it is by emotional choice, not necessarily. I'm not like. I think it I, always I is, though. How can you separate it out, though? Do you know what I mean? Because none of these things. Right. Are like, what, Barry is not. Schitt's Creek is not. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, none of these things are even remotely like each other. That's why we right. love That's them. That's what I'm because saying. Because we love variety. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's always subjective. It's always political. It's just that when it goes my way, I tend to bitch about it less. <laughs> I think, I think, though, I, I, I don't know if, if, I can't remember last year, but I have a feeling looking at this, this list is like more of the shit that I watch. Yeah. Is on there. And so it's, it's a little harder for me because like. In the past, it would be like, oh, I hope this person wins because I saw that and it was good. Yeah, that and one I, thing you saw. I didn't want to see the other things because I knew it wouldn't be something I wanted to see. And now you're like in it. Now because... it's just like, fuck, man. Like yeah. I was saying earlier, this is tough. And I sit with, you know, you know like we have that. It's, it's my work every week. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, I believe in what we do on the podcast. I believe in like sharing my, you know, thoughts with other people and hearing what they have to say and sharing the shows. There's so many shows, right? And again, we're not a network watching show if you watch those shows that's great but it's mostly this kind of stuff because yeah. i'm always interested having watched with as first my eyeballs worked i was a latchkey kid sat in front of a tv latchkey baby <laughs> you know my parents probably left me on the doorstep when i went out to get milk they'll be fine we don't have wolves <laughs> around here just bobcats she's way too fat for them to carry away all of a sudden my parents talked like people who were in like 30s newspeak they had a newspaper to run they didn't have a baby to raise or you had to get those cigarettes anyway um randomly uh i say that but so here was my question about when you see all the things that are there and you're watching emmys that night do you get emotional or is it like, I'm so happy that all these things are getting nominated. You're cool with whatever outcome. Because we don't get that these days. Yeah. No, I think every I, horse race that's yeah. going on now in the real world is such a life and death thing that when you're the wrong candidate gets elected, you there's fascism in the streets or whatever. If you're well, I feel like wrong yeah. actor gets an Emmy, nothing happens. Do we, how do you guys feel about it when it's going down? I mean, I got a, I got emotional when Bohemian Rhapsody won all the awards only because I f felt like weirdly vindicated. Yes. And knowing what it means for the people that worked on that film to finally get that validation, even though it had all the shit going up against it. I feel the same way about Game of Thrones. I know what it means to the actors, what the show means and what it would mean to get in Emmy for this last season that they did. Yes. And Sh Shit's Creek, too. You know, oh I God. know that everybody working on that show loves the shit out of that show and i'm sure that's true for many of many of the things that are on this list yeah. so i think i do get emotional i hope hannah gatsby gets her her emmy for nanette oh my it was god truly yes. like it was just phenomenal and it, it deserves all the awards so yeah she i think i literally also left blood on the ground if you do it by like who actually left blood on the ground i don't know kid harrington should just get it because he suffered so much so to the degree that i think it got yeah. to him you know what i mean so maybe we give it to Kid, you know, and I should just shut up. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with it. I mean, I'm I'm just happy to see a lot of the, you know, a lot of the shows that I watch on there. I just and Alfie gets it. I, I will just, yeah. just I will send him oh, a fruit be happy basket, for him. an edible be great. Fruit basket, or a you know? sausage basket. Is that just is that wrong? Is it too soon? 
Is it? Is it? I wouldn't happen? be upset if if Alfie Allen got it. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't then, be mad I mean, at any of these no. things. The only I think next year I'm going to be tooled up and thank Sam Esmell is so smart. He's waiting because he knows this is this is Game of Thrones year and Veep and you got Good Place going away. You know, all these things are out there. Not that he's competing with Good Place, but I mean, I love that Sam is going to be like robot will not be eligible until 2020. So even if we do have Donald Trump as president again, starting in 2020, my consolation is that robot will have a little bit more attention at the Emmys. My life is sad. I've all of a sudden realized it's very sad. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the thing is like, okay, he won't have a game of Thrones to compete with, but there's going to, I mean, just like with this list, there's just so much, there's so much shit out there. Shit I mean, like there's yeah. euphoria, there's so you know, much. years and, just, and years. It's a great thing to see. Yeah, this, it is. That, you know, that all the stuff, you know, the content And how can you there, choose? Yeah. They're really, there's, and again, award shows just, they're just dumb. I don't, I don't know why I fall for it. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Because these shows just existing and being made are what I live for and love about it and, and has made, it completes think, my world yeah. because it's how I talk to my friends and how I relate to people and storytelling is my life. And so I'm, I'm excited to have this many stories to enjoy. And I know that sounds cornball. But we are in the middle of making our merch, and I feel like that should be a T-shirt. Well, no, the <laughs> crazy thing is, is that it's like when you look in at all of these these nominations, it's like there's only two shows that are that are actual network shows: The Good Place and This Is Us. Yeah. Everything else is, I mean, it's like on a premium. Right. So it's like there's no network representation. None. No one watches. Well, you know. Oh, we know who's watching networks. Yeah. You know, don't tell them there's other TV shows. So we'll never notice. <laughs> they'll quietly pass away and they will never yeah. notice. They're just, I, they'll, I they think, will I die. Think, I don't know a why. A lot of those people will die when the hammer comes down and makes a sound effect of Law and Order. <laughs> then, they'll be, then they'll pass away. Dun, dun. It's just <laughs> like. Last episode of Law and Order ever. <laughs> there'll be a rapture. All those people just die. It's just like the, the it's like purgatory. It's the babysitting ground. Yeah, there'll be a, neck, uh, there'll yeah. Be a second wave with NCIS. <laughs> <laughs> and The Bachelor and Survivor. It'll just be waves of just deaths. It'll just happen. I mean, like, whatever the theme of that show is will play out and people will just expire. And then they'll just run the credits of that person in the new iPhone. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, crazy. Um, so, Emmys, I just, I loved it. I, I didn't have any big problems with it. I did, you know, look at some of those names and go, mm, but who am I? I'm happy for everyone who got nominated. I'm not mad at anybody. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch, I think, this year. Um, big news that just happened just before we came on the podcast is we heard this amazing news that Andre can break. What is the news, Andre? Literally broke two hours before we started recording. But it was just announced that Taika Waititi will be directing and writing the fourth Thor installment. Yeah, And I am ecstatic. So it is the first movie in the MCU to f- surpass a trilogy. Oh which my is god, pretty big! That is it huge. It almost happened with Iron Man. Iron Man three wrapped up pretty early in the MCU. It almost happened. Yeah. I don't think they could have re- renegotiated with Robert Downey. But this is really, really exciting. It's so exciting. They're just a good pair. Just the two, those two minds. It works you know, so well. That team that he brings. I love yeah. Taika so much, and just Marvel his... definitely saw how how well R- Ragnarok did, and like, yeah, we can do a fourth. 
He's yeah. a man that I like the way he lives his life. I don't, he might secretly, I don't know, eat the faces off of things. I don't know. He seems like a really lovely dude. Oh, I he's just, great. He's, he just he's seems so like funny. A, he's not taking it too seriously, but he's also taking the right things seriously. He's also a hard worker who has a sense of humor. And then he's very specifically a New Zealander. We have just needed him this entire time. Like we needed John Favreau when he showed up. We needed, you know, we needed J.J. Uh, Abrams to show up. Now we need him to go home. Um, so it's <laughs> just like we really, we really needed him. And I'm glad he's here. It's great. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to spoil something for you. I'm just going to spoil something for you because you didn't. I'm just so surprised at you, my son. <laughs> that I see you as my son. Shame, you could You could be shame, my grandson. Shame. Yeah, shame. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to say this is your own fault, Andre. This is it is a, my fault. It this is, is my a pose related spoiler. I know you've got nine jobs, but you have one of your jobs is being on this podcast. You, we've had here. <laughs> you had you on here for a year. You should know better by now. Go to your room. <laughs> anyway, uh, you're I'll like, go back to the adoption bitch, center. Twenty one. Yeah. Just leaving. I'm just going to go back to the podcast adoption center and be in another podcast. I don't <laughs> wait need for you another guys. one. <laughs> just wait for somebody Take else to invite me. Bit by bit. <laughs> I won't make the mistake of not watching Pose next time. <laughs> so this is a Pose special um, alert. If you haven't seen the latest version of latest episode of Pose, where a big thing happened, turn back now and also witness Andre crying in his alphabet soup. <laughs> so the death of Candy happened on Pose. It was a very big emotional send off for the character of Candy. Uh, which shouldn't be a surprise to Andre because he keeps up with all the other Ryan Murphy related news that's ever happened ever. But he apparently. I feel like when you when because you kind of you kind of hinted at it last time you were like one actor leaves this Ryan Murphy show and goes to another one. And I knew the actress that played Candy was on the new season of American Horror Story. So I was like, oh, all right, that's fine. But you didn't know she died, though. Yeah, no. That doesn't feel like a huge spoiler to me. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, okay. But and the circumstances were. So, um here's the thing. Um so because we said this big goodbye to Candy. Um she can now go on and Angelica Ross and be on American Horror Story 1984. Um, although I felt like Pose was, the episode was a bit corny, I also appreciated it, uh, how it handled it. It was almost like a very special Pose uh, where Candy get to come and speak her truth from the grave. And it was a beautiful send-off for the character. And I loved how they did it. However, it felt very jarring because it's very out of character for mm -hmm. Pose. So it, it felt very strange. And it almost felt like, what do you mean? Like two, Almost like a sap fest. It was like, I just looked at Ian. Well, yeah, I you were calling out, okay, this is what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. And this is what's going to happen mm -hmm. here. Because it was like very formulaic. I felt like it was 1984 on the episode. Because oh. <laughs> it was like, and I just turned to you and I said, we fit to see Candy's uh, fucking ghost now. Yeah. And cue ghost. And literally looked over and there was candy ghost. I was like, mm-hmm. Hmm. So everybody got to have their moment. However, even though yeah. how corny it is when the ghost shows up. Again, this is 1984. People had big shoulder pads. I'm like, oh, we're just going to do 90s style shit, too, I guess. We're doing 80s and 90s style, like, 
TV stuff, you know, TV drama, single camera. I was like, okay, let's do it. That's fine. So I was cool with it. I don't want us to put our purse down there and stay there, you know. But it ended yeah. up, the end result, though, is because uh, all of a sudden Candy became important. That was the other jar. Candy was always in our, our ensemble, but all of a sudden Candy emerged from the pack after it being put down by, you know, Pray Tale a couple episodes ago to yeah. now she's just, she emerged and she's Venus hmm. in the shell. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, okay, this is weird, this is jarring. <laughs> We're celebrating it was, candy. It was all of that off-screen time that they spent together that we didn't see. That we didn't see. And How I was like, close oh, they God. really were. <laughs> so they fight over the fact yeah. that that candy wants lip-syncing added into the balls. Uh, she thinks it's the time for that and pray tell and all the other. Now we find out that there's a coven <laughs> yeah. of DJ ball <laughs> M- DJs around town. I didn't know there was our, a coven. Our universe just expanded. That met at a shitty diner, and she goes and she like, confronts the coven i just i have to believe that they're pimp witches djs because that's what they look like to me it looked like he just borrowed some clothes from you know um from the other american horror story thing and i was just like what show am i watching there was a couple of times i'm like am i watching american (laughs) horror story what's happening i'm having a phase shift in the murphy world it slipped through a crack in the ballroom floor, and I was like, I don't know what show I'm on all of a sudden. <laughs> like a couple of pages of the American Horror, Horror, Horror Story script like get like jumbled in with the postscript. I was expecting B.D. Wong to come in and walk the floor as White Rose for a minute. I was like, I gotta, am I, am I doing the wrong mix of weed and is my indica slipping in? I don't know what's happening. So, uh, but it was, it was really cool to see a send-off for her, and I love it. I think that, so. I think that's what it was. It was like, they, they, Took it. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they expected this to happen, but it's like they just they took it out of the normal time frame or whatever, uh, and yeah. they made something special for the character, and they brought everyone together. It was like great. you know this. You know, we really are a community. Yeah, and we need to. The message was wonderful. The, yeah, exactly. Even though it was kind of like delivered like a special episode <laughs> of like All in the Family. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, now we're good. You know. Just like when, but when she had to talk to her mama and daddy, I was like, okay, come on now. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> you already dropped to the floor and then you had to get up and prop on el- one elbow and like do another. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, but then we got to see within the same space of like 72 hours, you got to see the 1984 um, audition camera test. Uh, you know, prom- it's a pro- it's masquerading as the, the promo is masquerading as this oh. audition stuff. And you get to see the glory of Angelica, Angelica Ross as probably a camp counselor. Um, also, Cody has got to be a camp counselor. And I dated boys who were just like that guy <laughs> who looked really beautiful in their clothes and they were so gay and I didn't see it. All I saw was the hairspray, the lip gloss. And the matchy matchy shorts <laughs> outfit, and went. He's dreamy. I'm gonna date him. <laughs> so I'm. Sh- uh, please let their big closeted gay, a uh, fag hag jokes in this movie. Can we say fag hag? Are we saying fag? I guess we're not saying saying, saying fag hag anymore. Yeah, uh. something I have to learn. Um, we definitely called the uh, fag hags back in the day. You know, riding bitch, all those things. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's it, genius. It looks very <laughs> interesting. Uh, I can't wait for it. Again, I'm I'm expecting just like an embracing of really like tropey serial killer type elements and just turning Sex it on its head like this yes. show loves to do. I haven't been so I'm more ready excited for it. 
Yeah, then say Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, it's our Cabin in the Woods. It's Ryan Murphy. It's going to be super gay. It's got, you know, again, Angelica said, oh, isn't she the first trans woman to have like two leads in a drama Something series like or whatever? That. Something yeah. like that. So, like, so just hats off to Ha. I'm just like, yes. And she can shine more. She pulls away from this large ensemble cast that's being. Yeah. They're dialing in more to Electra's story, to Blanca's story. You know, they're dialing in to those characters. You know, Pray Tells taking more screen time. I love me some Billy Porter. He's nominated, uh, and deservedly so. So I think I feel like for Angelica, there's all this room in the franchise in the world of, of Murphy that she, he. I love that he just they show up in all of his other like franchises. So I think I this is a that. great shift. I remember, yeah. I, yeah. I remember us talking about it when we were doing an American Horror Story episode. We were talking about, ooh, I hope like some post stars make their way over to the show. And here we and go. It looks like they're starting to. And you I know, love it. Billy Porter made it. his made his appearance in Apocalypse, and that That's was right. phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I'm looking towards more. It looks like, correct me if I'm wrong, but since Evan Peters isn't going to be in this season, he I feel like Cody Fern is stepping into that yes. role a little bit. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and no, apparently it's really weird. Sarah Paulson is also not coming back as a major role. Yeah, it's. I've heard different things. I've heard she's not coming back at all, and I've heard she's coming back in a very minor role. Well, Sarah has not always been the main focus of every one of them either. Like, it's not like she's. No, don't. Yeah, she's taken sort of like because again, she has to live her life. She's not a robot. Or she's you want to something else. You also want to give people room. Yeah, yeah you have other work you want to do. Because I assume she's in. Well, high I mean, for the most part, the seasons have really centered around her, except for season one and five. Yeah. Every other season, she's had major, major roles. Yeah, I mean, so who I think knows she is ready. There. I mean, like she's she's been like carrying the the show on her back for forever. I feel so. like that's kind of her thing is just a scheduling. I'm cool. I don't have to be in every single one of them. I can set this one out. Whereas I feel like with Evan Peters, and this is just me going. Is this a Emma's in the show? I can't be in the show. Is this we he, our, he our said life? he said that that playing the character on cult did a lot of mental. It took a, a huge mental toll on him because he said something like, you know, I go to set and I'm screaming insanely crazy things every day. Is that what I want to do? Yeah. And I'm 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 like cranking about it, honestly, because like I, I that's one of the reasons why I didn't like the seventh season. And I was like. It's like more the same and it's like really too close to home. You know what I mean? So like I couldn't imagine like playing that kind of character, like Kai as a character, like I not a space that I don't think any actor really wants to inhabit for that long. Yeah. And I think maybe a disconnect so you can come back and reset or maybe it's not for you anymore. I mean, we know that there's brilliance in Evan Peters because outside of Kai and the serial killers and the, you know, the whole lone shit that they have him in the there's still like even though he was a massive bloody serial killer i liked his march character there's he can oh, play yeah. other guys but yeah i'm with him i mean it's also dark it's it's associated with an old relationship it's it's now associating with a time maybe you want to evolve from so i have no problem with people moving on at all yeah give him a break paulson and peters you know sip of my tie go do a brecht play you yeah, know, I think I think Sarah, Sarah has played a lot of of the the protagonist 
characters, like the good characters. Yeah. Although, you know, again, season seven is the outlier, but he, you know, he's had March, he's had Kai, he's had, um, it's always dark. What's, what's his face from season? What, what was his name? He played in season one. The guy who remember. shot up the school. Yeah. You know, always tragic, I mean, like, always some darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle on Coven. Like it was never, edit- yeah. I think his, his best was, you know, season two, and four, the characters he played in that were really like pure and good. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for this for him because he plays that so well. And right. he also plays the other side just as well. But I feel like there's a slight imbalance there that he wanted to get away from. So I'm excited. We'll see what yes. happens. I wasn't trying to cut you off. I was like, yes, and, and scene. Scene. <laughs> and yes. Um, so Netflix, we'll mention this briefly. Netflix is... Um, Netflix is, you know what? Netflix does what it wants. It throws blown away at you and goes, you want to watch a glass-blowing reality show, don't you? And I'm like, of course, Netflix. I'm your bitch. I will watch every episode to its conclusion for no reason. Like, I watched Love Wagon, a show that went off the air nine years ago. Yes, I am interested. Why does everybody talk like newsy, newspeak people today <laughs> from His Girl Friday? What's <laughs> happening to me? I turned into Chris Hardwick. Um, we'll get to him in a minute. So, yes, Netflix is out here in the streets doing whatever it wants to. It doesn't release its its viewing numbers and then likes to just tell people randomly, oh, yeah, that set a record. As opposed to what? You don't tell us the real numbers. How do we know that? Oh, well, I just want you to know we're not going to tell you stuff. But that one, people like it. They I, have their, yeah. <laughs> they own it. They have the locked box. Them and Amazon, they know what people like. Well, Amazon knows even more about you than anybody on the planet. They know when your period is, if you're going through menopause, if you broke something, if you're going through a breakup, if your dog's dead, if you got a new dog, if you got a new baby, if you're pregnant, if you're gay, if you like your neighbor, maybe inappropriately, if you're a creepster, if you're planning a murder. They know everything from your purchase history and they listen to you talk. But Netflix knows your dreams netflix <laughs> is is like slowly <laughs> did i just pitch something i think i just pitched an amazon movie anyway <laughs> netflix is slowly turning into that cousin that no, no one talks to anymore i feel like yeah. there's just more and more stuff that they've come out and done it's always i feel like it's always been a mixed bag with their content always and yeah i lo- and you know we talk about this all the time but they are very open in terms of letting their content creators run the show, even though we've heard like sometimes like the productions are a bit of a mess at Netflix because of that freedom. Sure. Um, But so recently it's recently they had this like controversy with like how much smoking they've been showing in their shows. And I, I read an article where, where someone was talking about like the different shows and they've seen it's like a huge uptick, whether it be in Stranger Things or Orange is the New Black, Shameless, that sort of thing. Uh, even though Shameless is not even a, a Netflix show. Um, and it was, was kind of like, okay, like it was weird for me because it like purported to have a, uh, a study that they've seen an increase in teen smoking along with this increase in smoking in Netflix. So I don't know if it's a forced That's correlation. Absolute I don't bullshit to me. It's just like, I, I didn't want to smoke because I, I just didn't want to smoke. And people who I know were my age as a teenager and who did smoke was because their parents smoked or their friends smoked. And those friends smoked because their parents smoked. It was never like a, you know, Ooh, that looks cool on TV. I'm sure it's happened. Okay. But I feel like, are we, are we, and this is when I was like, so we're worried about the smoking thing, 
But over here in this dark corner on your streaming service, you have this show that shows graphic teenage suicide and rape. Which they eventually decided to like, what recently take the scene out of the glorified suicide. Yeah, and then the story comes out and Netflix is like, and here's an update. And this is this is what they said. I'm going to read it very quickly. They said on their Twitter account, we've heard from many young people the 13 reasons why I encouraged them to start conversations about difficult issues like depression like depression and suicide to get help, often for the first time. As we prepare to launch season three later this summer, we've been mindful about the ongoing debate around the show. So on the advice of medical experts, including Dr. Christine Moutier, chief medical officer, blah, 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 we've decided with creator Brian Yorkie and the producers to edit the scene in which Hannah takes her own life from season one. And now instead of showing her like graphically killing herself it just sort of cuts it's her staring in the mirror and then it cuts to her parents reaction instead of showing her getting in the bathtub and all that stuff so here's my thing great love that we've been saying this for two years since the Mm -hmm. show has been out Mm -hmm. and they're saying like on the advice of the medical experts the medical experts that they consulted when they started making the show so now it leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. And also, as they say, as we prepare to launch season three, I'm like, oh, so this is just like marketing, basically. Yes, of course. Like, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they so, had me kind of go in there until I was like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Uh, I, have yeah. a que- I have a genuine question to ask just about the influence of these things again. And, and that's that's a whole, we could do a whole show. And we had done 13 Reasons Why our last podcast uh, incarnation, we did it. And again, I, I've, I've said what I said about it. I think it's irresponsible. I, I think it's unhelpful. Um, it's, it has, I can't even get into the acting or stuff like that. That doesn't even matter to me. The fact that it exists is, it seemed pretty reckless and, um, and, and quite confusing to me. But again, I'm not a big censorship person. Do I think it should be cut? I don't know. It's made it. It's out there. Are you how responsible are we going to be for it? If I had kids, I'd be having different conversations than I am as a childless person. I'm just like sitting over here going, Whoa, what? <laughs> what the fuck? You know, is it good? Is it bad? I ultimately don't know, but I feel very, very queasy about that whole series and felt it, all types of wrong when it was going on, going, What are we saying is happening? Whose fault is this? Why are we glorifying the fuck? So then you back up to the whole smoking thing they're doing now. They're like Stranger Things. You got Hopper smoking. And they're like, this is influencing people to smoke. So this one I guess I can speak to a little bit more from my life experience to say that when we were growing up, smoking was in everything, right? You know, back in the day, we used to drink lead and we loved it. We Everybody spoke like newsies. Anyway, so <laughs> when you saw Humphrey Bogart smoking, he made it look like art. Uh, when you saw, you know, women like Marlena Dietrich smoke and, and it's beautiful and her makeup is bejeweled and it's done by Max Factor and she's been spray painted and just gorgeous. Uh, it looks cool. I don't know if I'm a kid and I'm watching Hopper slop down on one cig after the other. Or I'm going, that looks awesome. That guy's a sweaty, horrible mess and his his shitty house worried about his daughter and whether she's going to live or die. Well, I want to smoke. <laughs> I don't know if like the images of smoking that we're seeing are actually depicted in a cool way. Like they were, I feel like more like companies like jewel and big tobacco who've just yeah. gone into hiding and have shifted their message and their approach. Now cancer tastes like cotton candy and bubble gum. 
you know, and you can, and it's smokeless and no one can nail you on it. I feel like that's what's probably spiking the rise of smoking and not a dude like Hopper slopping on a cigarette going, I don't know, there's a poop monster under the mall and the Russians are behind it. Fuck! I don't feel like in, like a 13-year-old yeah, no. is being influenced by that. No, and here's what Netflix has to say about it. They say, going forward, all new projects that we commission with ratings of TV 14 or, or below for series or PG 13 or below will be smoking an e-cigarette free, except for reasons of historical or factual accuracy. For new projects with higher ratings, there will be no smoking or, or e-cigarettes unless it's essential to the creative vision of the artist. And that right there is their built-in loophole. You know what I so think? So this is just that... damage control right now. They you know what I'm care. thinking about? You know what I think will make a really good, um, better scene in 13 Reasons Why is if somebody just, I can't say that. I'm not going to say that joke. I'm not even going to say that joke. I was about to make a haze code uh, joke that was about to sound very, very insensitive. And I don't want to sound insensitive about it. I just feel like we're always dancing. We're always going to have this dancing around conversation about censorship. People really do it um, in real life. If we put it on screen, how are we going to react to it? comes with a warning label we consume it at our own peril so we're always trying to find that balance suicide not, happens I'm, in every day you know yeah. suicide is a completely different thing than influencing someone to smoke or drink you know one eventually leads to your death right so we're always dancing around this and i always find myself swinging between being self-righteously indignant about no they showed that on 13 reasons why and then what's wrong with Hopper smoking. I don't know where the line is. Uh, for me, it's it, it just all has to do with the target audience. If you're making a show about teens for teens, why are you just showing just graphic suicide and rape and sodomizing with the broom? Like it doesn't yeah. click for me. It does right. not click. There's no artistic reason for that other than shock value and to get your people talking about your show. I don't want to hop that, on it too long because it gets you. me angry. That's how, that's how I always feel too. I feel exactly the way you feel and then there's always the counter arguments that come at you from saying those usual things. But that's where I, no matter what, uh, after whatever debate, that's where I usually end up is that. Yeah. And it's just, it's just bullshit to me. The, the reasoning, you know, oh, we're opening up a conversation about it. You can do that without actually fucking showing it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I had a yeah. friend go and make this movie that was so horrible. Um, we de he debuted at the Arclight, invited a bunch of us. It was about, I don't know, it was pretty impressive. He got about 150 people to come and see it. Uh, he was up and coming. Um, he was a cinematographer. His friend directed it. We all came because we liked the, the DP. Young guy. Everybody was talking about how, and he was about to um, be the DP on the film that I was going to produce. So we go to see him. We're getting to know each other. This thing was basically a snuff film. And I literally went to find the actors after the film so I could make sure that they were okay. And I just politely, with, you know, cheap wine and a plastic cup, nervously was trying to see if they were going to be okay, if they had sought counseling. I wasn't trying to be an alarmist. I was just standing next to them going, okay, so tell me about that scene that you, you guys are cool, right? You saw like a psychiatrist. Like it was so brutal. Half the audience walked out. Yeah, uh, And the rest of us were just like taking smoke breaks and watching between our fingers going, oh, fuck. There's that. And then they're seeing someone smoke weed or do pills or do dangerous shit on screen. Where you there's a um, there's an obvious agreement you have with your audience that this is 
what a character does. It's part of the, what the character does. It's, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's not real. We're play acting. I don't know. Would I feel differently if I had kids? But I'm with you. I, it depends on, I guess, who the audience is and who's watching with you and who's explaining this content. Nobody sat around and explained content to me. Well, you see, Lisa, the Vietnam War is raging every day before the cartoons because, you know, yeah, the French pulled out and we stayed in a stupid war. Like, nobody explained it to you. It was just was. Did that influence our behavior? I'm sure it I did. Think, I think it's just, it's just one big, like... <laughs> It, it's the, the corporation side of it, honestly. I mean, the yeah. fact, just the, the utter gall to apologize for something you did two years ago while also using it to market. It's the thing It's the thing with the streaming services. Yeah. I feel like the new ones coming out and offering are offering new content are taking these cues from Netflix. And, they're just, and you see these articles all the time, like Forbes magazine, like, oh, Netflix is failing, Netflix is losing, stuff like that. No, they're not. They're increasing yeah. their endless profit margin. This is the capitalistic hellscape we live in. Right. <laughs> like, they're not failing. They're doing phenomenal. They're doing great. They don't have to worry. So I'm just, just like... When people complain, this is kind of the end result. We had this kind of haphazard, ham-fisted... And I don't know where I stand because everybody's reactions seem to be strange and off and unrelatable a lot of times yeah i should back out of this conversation i want to back out of this conversation now i don't know is the answer (laughs) uh i do know that man i watched every frame of blown away um i feel like the right person won it i'm satisfied it's like uh it's like the great british baking show only with an annoying american filter by (laughs) really i didn't realize that glass blowers are a very very eccentric breed you know i get it it's something kind of old and there's it's an art form that i think draws a certain type of people i'm starting to understand i didn't even know this existed and now i'm like into it um stuff you should be watching harlots is back you should watch uh the i think it's season three i want to say wonderful it's back Samantha Morton's not in this season that I've seen so far, but it's good. Snowfall is back. Amazing comes back with a bang. Wonderful cast. Uh, We lost John Singleton, um, which you feel that um, hardcore when you're watching this, but they carried on. Looks to be a really good uh, season where shit is fitting to get real. Um, And then Legion is back. Uh, Fun to watch. I don't know what it's about. Um, I'm trying to watch it high. I think it makes more sense when you watch it high. I think it was written high. Or if it was acted high, probably not. Everybody's a professional. So those are kind of my recommendations um, that are out there. And possibly if you're a Terrace House fan and you're waiting for the next season to get shot, check out the Love Bus. That's also I'm a Netflix bitch. They they push a Nori Love Bus at me. And I was like, yeah, sure. It's just Terrace House <laughs> on a very uh, cheap bus trip across uh, and flights across Asia. It looks like like if the Bachelorette or the Bachelor was done uh, on a tour bus and Anthony Bourdain was show running it, was just story producing it, but you never see him narrate. I feel like something like that's going on. I'm not really sure. Got it. So, yeah, um, I, I'm very excited for all of the shows that are have been nominated. If you haven't seen them, I think it's a good list to go by. I would I would recommend... All of those shows, except for I haven't seen, um, like I said, the ones that I haven't seen. 
which is like two or three of them. But yeah, that's a, that's a good list to go by. People go like often like the Oscars list. Should I watch all these movies? I tend to make my way around them eventually. And every single time I go, oh, I'm so glad I waited to watch that one. I just saw yeah, an Oscar uh, yeah. nominated film the other day on HBO and went, oh. Hmm. <laughs> You'll have better luck with this list, I feel like. There is yeah. a lot of good shit on here. I, it's going to make me go watch Succession now. I'm definitely going to go watch that. And, and I probably won't get around to watching Brexit. Well, I, I'm terrified enough of what's going on in my own country. I probably should know what's <laughs> happening with that over there. I mean, I do know what's going on with that over there. I don't know if I could be. Yeah, I'm getting antsy just watching years and years and watching, you know, the very scary and talented Emma Thompson just make me believe that she's just unhinged. And that's what the end of the world looks like. I think it looks I like that her. woman. She's amazing in this. She's like, she's like. If Donald Trump and Dolores Umbridge, you know, had a sibling. <laughs> She's scary. All right. So that's going to be it for us. Anybody got any other recommendations or any last minute notes that we need to say before we zip out of here? No? Nope. All right. You guys take care of yourself and uh, hydrate and love yourself and uh, take naps if you need to. And don't text and drive. And I love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>